Welcome to the Tailoring Talk Show with me, your host, Roberto Rivilla. I'm a bespoke tailor, menswear designer, and owner of Roberto Rivilla London Suit and Shirt Makers. This is the podcast where you drop in for the threads, but often leave with something quite unexpected. You join me as I meet self-starters and creators to learn about their journeys, the highs and lows, and the lessons they've learned along the way. Please support the show by subscribing, and if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, it helps so much if you take a few seconds to rate and review my show. I'm so excited to be joined today by an absolute superstar. She's an experienced runway, editorial, and advertising model who was named Miss Junior Team Great Britain in 2015. She recently represented Newcastle as a finalist in the Miss Universe Great Britain pageant, and whilst continuing to model and build a successful career, she focuses any spare time and effort on charity work and working with young women, inspiring them to follow their dreams. Tailoring Talkers, please join me in welcoming Harriet Lane to the Tailoring Talk Show. Harriet, how are you? I am good. I'm so glad to be joined by you and for everyone who's listening. My voice is a little bit lower right now with the cold that is going around. And if it is out sooner than later that you probably sat there yourself, listen to it with a little bit of the husky tone as well. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I've started uh, I've started to lower. Did you notice from the yeah. very, very start of our call to now, like my, my volume kind of went down to try and match yours. I'm kind of uh, trying to uh being it with you i'm coming to the tail end of said cold so i really really hope that you don't get it fingers are crossed exactly that's it so i'm just trying to think when you and i first got acquainted i think you got in touch with me via instagram because miss universe was coming up and you asked if i would consider making a suit for you for i guess it was for all your interview rounds and all that sort of thing and I, we just did, I just didn't have the time to make it work, unfortunately. Um, but we did connect anyway. And I've just been following your journey over the last, I don't know how long it's been now. It's been a year. It feels like longer. But, you know, you've just been doing incredible things. Yeah, it's been a year and you will have seen the madness, the craziness and uh, definitely some of the highs. And I think I share only some of the lows on my social media, some of the disasters that do happen behind the scenes. Uh, I hope I get to even share some of them because they are quite amusing, but they don't always come to the surface on on media. But yes, it's been about a year now. So um, you and I have got at least one thing in common. Um, We're the same height. So, Harriet, by the way, am I pronouncing your name correctly? Because it's a very, very subtle kind of like twist I need to do just after the Harry. It's if it's Harry, everyone just calls me Harriet. There's no specific saying. And I only asked my mom a few years ago. I was like, by the way, is my name meant to be pronounced different? Because even my whole life, I've just been saying it like it's BT, Harriet. like Harriet. Just I just feel with a Geordie accent, most people it's quite abrupt and strong anyway. And it gets the different pronunciations. You just say whatever's easiest. Harry Harry Ott. <laughs> I think Harry Ott sounds not quite right. I feel like it's like a yacht, like a boat. That's what I fish in my head when it says Harry Ott. Um, but Harriet is normally what I roll with. Okay. Um I've been practicing Harry Ott all morning, so I'm gonna stick with it. Um, but it's, you know where your name comes from, right? It's old German. Yeah, I searched it up as well because I was like, where's my name? And my mum, she got creative and there is no German roots I am aware of. My mum just really liked the different spelling and here we are. There's not much of a story behind it. Yeah, but, it, you know, it, the, the meaning is quite significant, especially because of the lady that you have grown to become. But Harriot means home ruler which is so appropriate because you're just a total warrior queen. Yeah. You know that? Yeah, it's only because I'm really into searching anyone's name. I will be like, what does that mean? I'm that person. And it's like, not that into star signs, but I'm like, what does your name mean? So that's me on a late night search and then realizing as well that I was like, old German, my mom told me this was French. I've been telling everyone when I was saying, this is a French name. <laughs> I had it all wrong. And then I looked at like old German spelling of it. Yeah, some of the old German names are really cool. I mean, the actual root, I mean, you know all of this, but this is for our listeners' sake, is actually Harriet, and then Harriot is a derivative 
um but i just think it's great because just sticking that o in there instead of the in instead of the the e um just gives you so many advantages in life like having a singular user instagram name having a singular i'm not going to say the other thing because i don't want people to find you um <clears throat> but you know which is really cool whereas i can't really do that because roberto is even i mean roberto rivilla there's only like two of us but the other one is like this really old mathematician and he's already hogged all the best handle handles which is why i have like really obnoxious stuff like the roberto rivilla and you know it's I'd rather not have had the V, but anyway, there we go. But here we are. We have to move until until it's time to take the username that there isn't Harriet without, well, well, not want to give away like an underscore at the end. And I'm thinking this is the dead account. If we just move that along, yeah, I'm ready exactly. to explain <laughs> my name. Yeah. Or, or, you know, one day when you just become famous enough that um, Twitter, Instagram and so on will just bow down to your demands. I, I sound like like such an ego if I did that. I'd be like, it's okay. But then I think I would be heartbroken to pass with that underscore. Like, you've been on a journey with me. Just thank you for, for coming all this way. But you see, ego is one thing that you don't have, for sure. You know, you have, I mean, the way you come across is that um, you have such a big heart and there is you know you're you're almost using the platform that you have now in every way that you can to empower other people you're such a huge impact and that inspires me greatly and we're not i know already we're not going to get through everything that i want to get through with you so we might have to do it again um but um let's just go back to when you were growing up because you had to overcome a lot of adversity now so as i started to say about 10 minutes ago uh, the one thing you and i do have in common is that we're the same height we're both six foot and i got to six foot by about the age of 11 and then i just stopped growing what was your this is gonna be such a pun what was your growth trajectory (laughs) so I stopped growing when I was about like 13, 14. So I hit at about 11. I was like five foot eight and I was so much taller than everybody else. There was this like, she's an, oh yeah. I was joining kind of secondary school. And then by the following year, I was literally about 5'10 at 12 years old. And then 14, I definitely stopped growing at six feet tall but I would say I was about that at 13 uh, and I've never grown since I remember going to the doctors I had low blood pressure and they're like yeah you're probably on track for six foot two three I'm like no I can't be that tall it's like it's, it's like I have dreams of being a model and there is such thing as being too tall and I had and I was like I better stop I was thinking oh my goodness I cannot be six foot two I will be an alien a freak for the rest of my life and for me at the time it felt like the end of the world and now when I see taller women I'm like that's my thing I'm the tall girl and it's not actually that uncommon yes you've not seen six foot tall girls and women as much but it's not that unusual anymore I'd love to see you next to Gwendolyn Christie you know Gwend- Gwendolyn Christie right ring, ring spell yeah. she's like six two no no she's taller um i need to look her up i was maybe she's six three six four but she's um but yeah i mean you'd look like michael j fox next to her i'm using references that you don't even know i've just realized how old i am um but she she became famous for playing someone in great game of thrones i can't remember the name of the character um and she was also captain phasma in the force awakens the recent star wars films and uh yeah she is just very very tall but she, you know, her profile has kind of almost sort of, you know, softened it for any tall lady that's not as tall as she is because she just towers over everybody. Um, but anyway, that whole reference has just gone out the window because I can just see you, you know, you, in my face, you like, know no, what the hell I was talking I was, about. No, you know who I was searching the other day and I can't remember her name. And it was from Wednesday. I was binge watching the series. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. The, the, well, that's who I'm talking about. Okay, no, that's who I thought it was. That's who I thought. I know. You know what? I... Because you're, like you're sat. I don't know if we're going to put this video out at some point in the future, but for now, it's audio only. And Harriet's wearing a, a great black and white checked top, 
And I'm thinking, as I'm giving this really stupid example and I'm quoting Game of Thrones and so on, the other part of my head is kicking me in the back of the brain saying, just say Wednesday. Um, so yes, the, the headmistress person from Wednesday, that's who I was talking about. I searched it. She's 192 centimetres, 10 centimetres taller than me because I was curious because of the angles of things. Yeah. I was like, I'm really curious about this. And um, as well, I searched um, the film Tall Girl as well, but uh, I was curious, but I I half know her. She will have no idea who I am. I was just a, she also did beauty pageants. It was one of those. I looked up to her in the room when I was younger. And uh, yeah, she's like really tall as well. I think she's like six foot four. But again, for the tall girls, if I had that content of media around me, I would go, oh, that's okay to be tall. That it's actually not something to feel awkward about or hunch over, especially as a female, as a male. I'm sure you feel a bit more kind of strength. I'm sure it's actually for the smaller guys that felt at the other end. Your face says no. Did you feel like an outsider? It put such a big target on my back because I grew up, now I'm going to feel really old, right? But um, but I grew up as a as a teenager in the 90s and pre-teens, late 80s, obviously. And back then, because there weren't as many people of colour in the schools that I went to, it just put a target on it put a target on your back anyway, because you look different to everybody else. Um, but being that tall and sticking out about a foot above everybody else just put an even bigger target on your back. So I used to just get beaten up all the time. Mm-hmm. Like bullying was was just such a thing. And 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 I know it's something that you unfortunately had to had to suffer through as well. Um but your there was an incident when you were, I think, twelve years old, and this is where you and I both have something else in common as well. Is that I was a bit younger, but when I was about three or four, I pulled a steaming hot of uh, a pot of hot coffee over myself, and like had serious, serious burns on my left arm. Um, now, lucky, you know, I was kind of young enough to get over it, and it healed. Skin grafts weren't really a thing back then, not that my parents could have afforded it. Um, but you had a similar incident at 12 years old and suffered very, very serious injuries, didn't you? Yeah, so I ended up um, burning myself. It's like the most random hot liquid you think of, of gravy. You would not even think it would be a disaster. You just like spilled gravy down my leg. And when I said it, and it was like my friends were kind of giggling. It's like, what? It's like typical Harriet, clumsy, spilling gravy down myself. And I was like, thank God today I chose Navy Jodhpurs. I used to horse ride. I was at the stables, microwaving my, my bangers, mashing gravy. Very excited about it. As I picked up the tray, it kind of, it was one of those trays it was an MS one, not just any trace. So the gravy was there just, and it squished out of the carton and went down my leg. I was like, that was hot, but nothing that you thought, not like a scald. And I would yeah. even relate to the immediate pain that I burnt myself on steam hurting more. I've um, hurt myself more on, by accident, touching a hot pan by the side that wasn't something I was concerned about. I went, ow wiped off my gravy, got on with my day. And I thought as the day went on, I was like, this is still singing. This is still really burning. And I tell my mom, I was like, what happened? And she's like, go have a look for me and run some cold water on it just to get the temperature down. And mom, I go to run with my job, but unfortunately at this point, all of my skin is peeling off. Um, and it was about probably the size of like a grapefruit, I would say of kind of for reference the size kind of on yeah. my leg um of the skin kind of starting to peel away um went to the doctors unfortunately got some wrong advice and I left it open and the duvet got stuck to it not a vibe got infected and resulting in um I walked into the hospital with then going you're going to be going in to surgery as soon as possible stop basically eating drinking fluids so we can get you in as soon as possible um I think without that it would have been a very different series of events of even having to cut away even flesh and tissue probably because the way that um fat burns work which it wasn't a scald 
it was a fat burn, so the equivalent of getting scalded with hot oil. It yeah. works the same as that. It continues to almost cook through the skin, not like steam where it's immediate and cools down. It's something that progressively gets worse. So if you're listening and you have anything that's fat, hap, you know, got that content of fat in it, go to the doctors, go get it checked out properly. And uh, yeah, and the I was left with scars <clears throat> on my hip and my lower calf. And I remember... At the time, I didn't feel too bad. They were all wrapped up for about, I would say, eight weeks before I even saw them. And they started to unwrap them. And I remember seeing them for the first time of how much my heart just dropped. Yeah. And I just remember thinking, no, I'm now almost six foot. I now have giant, angry, purple, red literally stitches i felt like frankenstein because the stitches i don't know why they looked like that but they did and they i felt like i was just some sort of dummy that was put together on my right leg and i was i just was devastated the amount of time that i just didn't want to face school people ask questions and that weren't sensitive that you know what 12 year olds are like that there's no sensitivity that it all is in some ways it's naivety to think about someone's feelings emotions that you just ask what what is that funny mark on your leg of me not wanting to burst out in tears um so that was kind of the short story of my my scars I'm now very lucky to this day that um I had a mum who was researched everything went into all the details to try and make sure they went away when I was older they are very faint but I still have a perfect square on the side of my hip while they took the skin graft yeah no but they, I mean, your mum, absolutely amazing. And an example to all of my listeners who are parents, I mean, you've got to listen to what Harriet's mum did next because really she helped to set you on the path to where you are today because she immediately started to sign you up for pageants because she obviously saw that her little girl had just been crushed I mean, first you got the height thing, so that obviously puts a little bit of a doubt of the dreams and the path that you want to follow. And then you have this thing happen to you. You're completely on the floor. Your mum just picks you up by the scruff of the neck, starts signing you up for pageants, because her number one mission right now is to build your confidence up. What was that like for you? Where I mean, you know, how did re- how did your mum kind of sort of broach the subject with you first of all and tell or did she just go ahead and do it and then kind of tell you afterwards that by the way I've signed you up for this yeah so she entered me she was searching model competitions this is how it came about that she was searching model competitions and pageantry kept coming up and she's like not what I'm looking for I'm looking specifically in modeling competition and she keeps seeing and she goes sees it so many times that she's then like okay I'm going to look into it. And she's like, all the parents have used a confidence building. I can't believe how much my daughter's changed. She can now speak in an interview. All these positive reviews. And she's like, okay, let's put a name in. And she didn't want to crush my confidence anymore. That She wanted to make sure that I got through to the semifinals. That she wanted to make sure I got to that point. And she showed me the email. So excited going, you've got into a beauty pageant. And I kind of smiled for a second going, I don't know what that is. And because at the time that I had knew no one who did them, I had watched Tatas and Tiaras. And then I saw a photo of loads of girls and pretty dresses on stage. And I just then had a huge smile. I didn't understand it quite yet, but I was like, yes, I do want to be a part of Miss Teen Great Britain. That I was absolutely excited. And only two weeks ago, I actually asked my dad what was his thoughts on it, because I was really curious if he was a little bit, I don't want my little girl out there. What was if her confidence is broken, if she doesn't win, she doesn't place, what was if she gets picked on there? And But he was, just said he was really excited about it, that he was like, oh, wow, this looks like an amazing opportunity. Because And I was curious on that side of more of the male perspective, actually, yeah. of a daughter competing in pageants. Um, I know now my dad obviously is the biggest fan and loves them. Well, only when I'm competing, he will not tolerate it if it's anybody. (laughs) If I'm not in it, there's no chance. But he really thoroughly enjoys it as well. And that's the story of me still being in it nine years later. Wow. Um, I mean, that's the thing, right? It's, um, you know, as a parent, um 
you know, doing everything you can to cheerlead your child um, and steer well clear of telling, you know, I don't get any sense from you at all that you had parents that ever told you that you couldn't do something. Yeah, I've never been told in my life that those dreams aren't for you, that um, I have very supportive and also a very close, like I said, it's a very small family that we have, but very, very close that I genuinely consider my parents as my best friends, genuinely. And I mean that I would happily spend all weekend just them still to this day and I absolutely do now. And before this, I'm like, okay, where are you guys going without me? What time are you back? I'm like my best friends. Where are you off to? I have FOMO of them doing anything without me. And they've always been so supportive of creating the best life possible for me. Yeah. Wow. Um, and then, because that's the other thing with pageants as well, is that they're not that big in this country. I mean, they're a huge thing in America, um, almost, you know, the complete opposite, because there's, you know, very much what's talked about pageants in America is the sort of dark side to them and, you know, parents getting their three-year-olds to run the catwalk, at, you know, a ridiculously young age. I mean, who would even think of that? Um, and I think some of that translated over here and so we as Brits kind of looked at it and were like pageants, that's an American thing and it's just really weird and horrible. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but you are, I think, really, uh, along with some of your your, your fellow um, pageant contests, uh, contestants, sorry, um, who you've become really, really good friends with throughout the process, um, what all of you are starting to put out on social media and in interviews and so on is 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 really the, you know kind of what pageants should be about which is building confidence and encouraging educating inspiring young women to be able to take the stage and and present themselves it's not about so much the kind of glitzy glamour and the modeling side of things it is more about the confidence side of things um have i got that right from kind of yeah. what I've yeah, and I think even from the media point of view, and I think that there's not much positive media about pageantry that even myself, I thoroughly enjoy. It's not really about anymore with like toddlers and tiaras, but I remember a young age watching that and it was more of a, a drama and more entertainment, not something I looked at myself doing then. Um, more recently, there's a Netflix show called Insatiable. And I would have to say it paints pageantry in such a negative light, even though it's great TV, great actors in it. However, it does um, shine a light on, say, the bad things that really don't exist in pageantry. It focuses on, say, bullying, competitiveness against the other competitors, kind of meanness price um even about weight as well saying you only have to be skinny focus on eating disorders that there's loads of things i'm like those aren't actually connected to pageantry whatsoever even though it's great tv but if the only content the only information we have about a subject is that how could we know that there's more to know about the subject area so it's almost the in ways the media's fault and why I'm making it my mission to put as much out on social media. So there's actually, I follow this girl that does passions and it doesn't seem to be that. I see with friends, having opportunities, all this positive experience, but there's this. So it's just for people to know there's an other side, the other side to the opinion, because there's only something that gr makes great headlines, TV, that a lot of people as well say for younger ones that, like you said, going down the runway, very glitz and glammed up as well. That you see parents as well, dance moms, I think it's a great example. Yet dancing isn't a taboo because we know the other side of the story. That's an extreme. Same for pageantry. There's glitz pageants, which is Tardas and Tiaras. Your Miss Universe, Miss World is classed as a natural pageant. The two separate things. Yeah. Um because, you know, as much as, uh, you know, for documentaries and so on, I guess the, the kind of bad stuff is is what they want to put out there because that's what gets the clicks and gets people watching with morbid fascination. And wouldn't it be great if we just lived in a world where people wanted to see, you know, the great thing? I'd, I'd, I'd love to see a documentary that follows follows you and your friends around 
uh, you know the work that you're <clears throat> that you are doing that you have done in places like India with the Shiro's project which you know I, I was I was looking into that and it's really funny because the I, I was um, interviewing someone the other day whose uh, family roots were from UP Uttar Pradesh mm-hmm. which is where the Shiro's product project is is currently running I think there's one in Lucknow there is I've even been to that one myself <laughs> right so um so you've been to more India more times than I have by the way I have never been I've only been like once, but I've been to multiple different places in, in one week, but I do plan to go back next year as well. Yeah, yeah. No, it's something I need to do because my mum's side of the family, that's her roots, basically. Um, but uh, why don't you tell me about Shiro's and also, um, you know, the work that you do with a sisterhood, which I think is, are the two things related? Yeah, so A Sisterhood is a UK-based organisation that's actually formed over two words, assist and sisterhood. And the organiser of the charity and the uh, organisation, she merged the two words together to create a organisation that supported different female-based charities worldwide. Her goal was to empower and also help as many women in difficult situations. One of the charity supports is Shiro's, which is about acid attack survivors. Um, she helps support them with different Basically, what they do as a whole is training, getting back to normality, boosting confidence and being in an environment that is completely safe and all the support they need. They even pay some of the medical bills as well that is needed and general support because some of the stories are unfortunately so harrowing and so upsetting that these girls have left their home situations, whether they were 13 or 50 if it's happened yeah. to them then that a lot of them have had to leave home because most of the acid attacks unfortunately are from a family situation it's one of a sad cultural thing that still exists that acid still is accessible easy to buy that it just is something that's so sad and their focus is really trying to get the awareness out about acid attacks about how damaging it is knowing the consequences, what happens on the other side. And then, of course, getting the women back on track and building their confidence. And quite honestly, I'm envious of the confidence these women have. It's I don't think I'll ever measure up to how incredible these girls are, that they have just such a love for life, putting themselves out there and so forward as well. And it is so beautiful and inspiring from my side to even see that. So this the charity A Sisterhoods, like a UK-based organization that's a vehicle for a few different charities, but Shiro's is one of the ones that comes under the umbrella. Yeah. I mean, especially because those those ladies in India, they have had nothing but oppression almost from the moment that they were born. They've not had anyone building them up. They've, you know, from the moment that their parents, their families find out they're going to be a girl, not a boy, um, that's it. You know, their their lives are mapped out. And if there's any deviation or whatever, it, 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 there's no remonstration. It's just violence. <clears throat> so, um, you know, to hear that they're happy, confident, they've got a lust for life and so on is just incredible because, you, you you know, us over here in the Western world couldn't fathom how you could, you know, just be living with that much oppression from such a, an early age and overcome it as well because it, it's seemingly insurmountable. But then that's where people like you come in because of the work that you do and the time that you give, you're also part of that impact which is so, so important. I mean, you'd raised, you, I don't think you were into your 20s yet and you'd already raised over £100,000 for charities. Which is- yeah, it was just, I remember it was just short of and I remember I finally hit it. And um, when I was 15, I raised about £30,000 at that point. And I remember going, right, by the time I'm 21, I want to have smashed £100,000. That was my target of I worked out it's like kind of per year from now that's ten thousand pound per year that i need to be on track for covid hit and i stayed around at at 18 19 i stayed at the ninety thousand pound mark so close and i'm not even kidding i had a fundraiser on april the 3rd and i had managed to 
get the goal of a hundred thousand pound and born on April the fourth before my twenty first birthday with that she was striking <laughs> midnight to hit that goal of the fundraising. Amazing. Um <clears throat> and you also started a business when you were 18, right? Yeah. Uh, which is the crown coach. Yeah. Which so isn't what people kind of think it says on the tin, which is, you know, solely coaching girls for pageantry it's everything else around that so tell us about that and and the work that you do through the crown coach after winning a few titles that i've now won my student in great britain this team galaxy england miss international united kingdom and then finally the big one that kind of made everything change is i came fourth runner-up in the world in miss international which resulted in streams of my inbox of girls going coach me help me with my walk help me with this and it started off purely as walk training that I had the crown coach and I had another great job um working within a restaurant I was very happy with that and I thought what a great side hustle that will work for about the next three months and then it'll probably fizzle out and over the time it was getting bigger and bigger and in February 2020 I was like I'm gonna leave my job and I'm gonna focus on this dream and you probably know what happens in March 2020 we don't need to even say those words of what happened we know we know and I had to take things online and I really started to tap into my own ability to help other people with that interview their social media and along came with that was actually a lot of support when it came to I don't even want to use the words life coaching because it sounds crazy at 18, but actually giving women the support and the guidance that they need. Being almost the cheerleader that I say almost my parents gave me that I know for a fact that not everyone is as blessed as me to have parents that say you can do anything in this world, we'll support you, dream big, that I'm that person for other people but then helping them carve the path of how they get to A to B. So now I consider myself as a female empowerment coach, not just about pageant training, that I'm starting to get plenty of clients now that go, I'm not actually doing pageants. I either understand the skills in pageantry are essential for my life that will help me develop, or they'll go, I've done a pageant. I'm now just going to be focusing on myself, but I still want to be coached, have the different aspects, still have that development, still want to continue thriving and becoming the best version of themselves. So that's what the Crown Coaches basis is. It's got plenty of other products from mansion retreats that I literally came back yesterday, not helping with the voice, probably um, shouting and, you know, getting all the girls together, having a 21 majority teenagers all in one mansion retreat just before Christmas they are very excited and wild um so when it comes to the games and loud music my voice is already (laughs) on its way out but the whole brand is about developing confidence helping women find themselves not find the mold of pageantry not become something they think they should be but imagining the best version of themselves and starting to work towards that yeah there's one quote, I think it was an interview uh, that you, I mean, one of the many interviews that you had, but there was one one quote you gave which really, really stuck out. And if I may, um, <clears throat> Harriet said, I tell them to persevere with those things because it's their dream, not anybody else's. I also teach them what pageantry is about because there are plenty of stereotypes but actually pageantry is about being a spokesmodel. It's about being someone who's a feminist, someone who's got a real reason to empower other people. They have often overcome adversities. And, you know, that that statement is really, really powerful for two reasons. Number one, obviously, you know, for what it says on the tin, but number two, because you're the living embodiment of that, which is why the impact that you have on others is so powerful, because you're not just saying it you've lived it I mean you can tell even just reading that back just now out loud you know where I I know exactly where that's come from with you yeah and I've been lucky enough to go into schools and share some of that as well and it was I know the first ones are rough when it was Monday morning it was I was thinking I'm going to have to work and it was my first one and I've spoke to 
large audience before, but they were there for a pageant. They were there to listen to me. I've had plenty of courses where girls come to listen to me, where they themselves that they've paid, the parents have paid to come hear me speak. But having that where they are Monday morning and probably the only exciting bit before they walk into that room is I'm getting to miss my math class for this. Whatever she's about to say, at least I can daydream at the back of this seminar and do nothing for the next hour. But by the end, seeing them from the start that you playing with their hands, talking to each other, probably slightly being on their phones to the end, actually being the edge of the seat and at the end, raising to ask questions. And then the difference at the end of going and sharing their dream. Do you think I could do a pageant? And all of the, it was mainly women that I was speaking to that they felt that they could go on to do anything that they wished. And this school was from a more underprivileged area where those dreams and those wishes might not even be told by their parents, not be able to see those dreams are possible. But telling them and showing them how to get there of dreaming and one of my other favorite quotes is don't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 20 we all get there at a different pace 100% looks different to everybody else and our version of success will also be completely unique and to never compare where you are it's about making your 100% because we are given with different lives and circumstances that can't be helped that 100% is going to be different and but that hundred percent is still there and still possible to make the most of it. Yeah. I'm running my own race is something I've frequently would say to people, uh, especially when I was younger as well, because people like get really competitive and uh, you know, I grew up in a sales environment, my career. Um, and you know, I would just turn around to everybody and say, I'm running my own race. Mm-hmm. I'm not the same as you. Yeah. Um, it's such a good one. Yeah, exactly. Jeez, I can't wait to edit and listen back to this because because uh, I'm just learning so much from you. It's crazy. Um, so you've been doing a lot of traveling as well through all of this, which has just been so great to see, especially when you hit a place for the first time ever. Seeing your experience of it is just awesome. But of the places that you've had the opportunity to travel and spend time in what where have been some of your favorites it's like india straight (laughs) off the bat no questions need to be asked now i had a rough bucket list of the places i wanted to see in the world and you know what india was never somewhere that came on my list and it was just never on the list to go to Mm -hmm. and the opportunity i was still excited about but not saying I had no expectations, but the holidays I've been on and I've not been on the bucket list, not had this preconception of it's going to be amazing, it's going to be this, that I have never loved a trip so much. The girls that helped as well, that, and being honest with you as well, I didn't know the other girls all too well either. And I got to know them, then actually meet so many of the sheroes. I think I got to meet over 25 of the different sheroes. I got to explore. Agra, Lucknow, and I went to Delhi as well and got to really immerse myself in the culture. See also as well the kind of the old Delhi as well, which was again very interesting that I loved again the different way of living. It's also some some of the parts that I couldn't even imagine also living in. I do see again the privilege I do have. However, it's so inspiring to see also the happiness that there is that it shows that no money no you know things materialistic stuff to actually to be happy to be comfortable to be confident in yourself it doesn't revolve around that and I think a lot of what I took away was in the UK I think we look for academic and career almost a um, a satisfaction, appreciation. The goal is to be happy, and you'll be happy once you hit this milestone, almost this this yeah. train along. But being in India, happiness was like find it within yourself, yeah. find it people that you can kind of be with, and that was one of the biggest things that I loved about it was the culture. Obviously, the seeing the saris was also a huge win. That they are absolutely breathtaking. Um, and if you know me as well, I'm a foodie. Um, I was, I won't lie, frightened like to death of spice. Now, it's not that I don't like it. 
I mean, I literally start crying. Like, I'll be there, literally, my eyes streaming, my face bright red. I cannot handle spice. The food was phenomenal. I think I pretty much said, make sure there's no spice. It was still spice. <laughs> but I loved all of the experience. But I think also the charity element, being able to see where the fundraising has gone firsthand, not just other ones that I've done for cancer research together for short lives which is a lot of research but yeah. being able to see firsthand how much this money is going to change women's lives and then being able to tell people about this trip of the difference that's making the impact that just 100 pound that we raise can change someone's life it's it was incredible so for me india is number one and i would say that I've traveled obviously Japan. I got to see so much of that. Um, I was lucky enough to be there for 31 days in Japan and got to travel to 14 different prefectures, the basically cities. Um, and I got to see so much different parts of it. And uh, if you ever get the chance to go to Japan, um, you need to go to Kochi and it's uh, one of the prefectures on the south of Japan, like an island. All I can describe is imagine Bali, but 10 times better. Right. that is how I can describe it so I I feel very blessed everywhere I've traveled um and I'm excited that uh I have the next trip planned I'm more of a luxurious one um I say it's not too much of a work one but that's I I leave in about three weeks for that and I cannot wait brilliant I can't wait to see what you're going to get up to um because your Instagram's always so inspiring the other thing that's been a real privilege for me this morning you're going to laugh when I tell you this is just listening to you because so one of my friends who actually was on episode i think it was episode six or maybe three or two um but usman Qureshi, dr usman Qureshi, i say who's an orthodontist but one of his practices is in newcastle no way and so was, we were out the other evening and i was he was just talking about his practice up there and i was just like Do you know what i i will come up and be your assistant because i just love the geordie accent it's one of my of the British Isles. I mean, I'm very into dialects and accents and so on. Anyway, as a you know English language student, um, but I don't know what it is about the Geordie accent. It's I think it's just one of the best. It's brilliant. Um, now, I know one. I think one bit of Geordie slang, which is Bobby Dazzler, and that's just because I get called a Bobby. Dazzler. What is that? I have I never heard know. that in my life. One of my clients who's from Newcastle told me that it's a Geordie term. You see, I feel like I'm a fake Geordie, even though I've lived here my whole life. Most people go to me in Newcastle go, oh, are you Northern Irish? Or like, where are you from? Really? When I, yeah, all of the time from Newcastle. They go, oh, so where are you from? I'm like, Newcastle. Like, oh, no, I mean, um, before that, I was like, still huh? Newcastle. <laughs> so um, it's a, when you're out of it, you can hear it, I think. Yeah. It okay. So this next segment is going to go horribly wrong, probably. So Bobby, so I get called a Bobby Dazzler a lot, and I don't know why that is. I think because well, everybody calls me Bobby because it's my nickname, and it mm-hmm. has been since birth. No one's really ever called me anything else, to be quite honest. And then Bobby Dazzler, I actually I was going to ask you exactly what does what does it mean exactly, and that's why this has just gone horribly wrong. This this is one of those moments where it's like. Letting, letting you down on the slang I would say that as well that so my dad's from Manchester so in the household my mum's the lives, problem so you're like that's the problem it's like put it back on dad it's like this is your fault and for my whole childhood that if anything wasn't pronounced correctly as you know the Geordie accent if you're into dialects half of the things yeah. are not pronounced properly that um you'd be like no nah <laughs> it's lots of like very it's almost a different language. If you were to write it down, what we were saying, you would think, oh, what language is this? Like, what if, this must be from somewhere else. Um, but yeah, I can't help you that. I'm going to be curious and afterwards, but I feel like I can be terrible with slang. I was not your girl for this oh, question. This is this is where we needed to prepare more before, but the problem is we're both so flipping busy. Um, so my next question was going to be, um, can you teach me some Geordie slang? You must now know this, some. Oh yeah. You see, everyone laughs if I say any of it because I just sound so not Geordie, I think. <laughs> see, <laughs> one of my favorite ones is Shy Ben's getting out, but you could probably work out what that means. 
Shy shy Burns, get now. Shy Burns, get Get now. Out now. Nout, as in like N W T. Okay, so someone gets nothing. So shy Benz, get shy Benz. What's shy Benz? I don't know. For the sake of time, because <laughs> for the sake of time, for the seconds. So Ben is like child, like someone. Right. So if you basically, if you don't ask, you don't get. That's ah, basically okay. what it means. Shy Benz ah, get okay, now. So it's like, go ask. ask. So shy Benz. So shy. Shy kids. It's the shy kids get nothing. Yeah, you should get nothing. Ah, okay, great, right. Give me another one. Oh God! Um, this is why you're testing me. That's my my go-to one. Next one. Oh, it's totally random. I didn't know Raj was one of the words. I thought this was a UK slang. Right. The word Raj, and I was like, oh, someone was on about who's a Georgie, and we the rest of us like, oh yeah. And I would never really say it. you can hear it, Raj. It does not suit me. But do you know what Raj means? Or you would say like a oh they're a Raji. They're a Raji. Um or you go, that's Raj. They're they're either dodgy or horrible. So it could be yeah, it could be like that. Or I would say it's like your road man. They're they're a Raji of like the okay. black puffer jacket. You know what I mean? Like yeah, North yeah, yeah. Face, the Adidas, like black joggers, Raji. Oh, that's Raj. It's like that's mad of like that's crazy if you were like mm-hmm said that you did something like yeah that's or like my boyfriend would say yeah that's pure raj (laughs) okay pure raj means something different down here usually it means that you're comparing someone to a mate that's called raj oh really (laughs) so that would be like yeah they're totally two different things so for people from newcastle university coming down that would be totally different that would just get totally lost down here in translation yeah exactly um yeah but bobby Dazzler. so i just looked it up so but bobby dazzler is probably an older term but it means something or someone excellent you might also say they're a real diamond so it's obvious mm-hmm. why i get called that a lot right yeah it's just like clearly a rare find what can you say exactly there we go um so um to 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 wrap it up before i let you go what's the what's the immediate future hold for you so just kind of take me through the kind of goals that you have the next few years so for me competing in miss universe will be a consistent thing that i competed this year i did not take home the crown but this will not stop me i will continue yeah, to so I, sorry to interrupt but I, I i remember saying saying that um again because i follow you every single day um and 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 when you when you didn't get the crown you you didn't even stop to lick your wounds you were literally just straight right okay i'm going again like yeah five days to i'm back here and i'm taking it yeah i literally joked the day after i was like 364 days to go and it yeah. was one of those that mindset and i always had that beforehand of i always say things if you want something it's one day the time it's just, it's a when. Will it be this year, next year, whenever it be? It's a, I will be one day Miss Universe Great Britain and representing GB on the international stage. I go, that is a fact. The year, question mark, unknown. But I will be going back next year. For me, in the next couple of years that I have a huge interest in the fashion industry, I would love to have like my own collection, especially when it comes to gowns and dresses that would be the ideal world um from there that i want to see the world i can't imagine me moving out of newcastle i just want to get on hop on that plane go away come back because again i'm a geordie girl i love newcastle so much and i could not imagine myself not in the uk in newcastle however there's so much culture experiences that i want to do i want to see the world um goals to travel to every continent and right now those are the kind of the immediate plans and then the long term i'm going to be in one day 30 under 13 forbes magazine that is the plan and um, hopefully you guys will be like you were a real one listening from this point and then hopefully seeing me one day in the magazine oh that's brilliant you will be i've got no doubt 
That's the plan. That's the plan. <laughs> I'm, and I'm so, so excited to, to see where you go. So um, the obvious place to find Harriet online is underscore Harriet at Instagram. Is it Harriet underscore or underscore Harriet? I don't know. It's yeah, at remember. Harriet then underscore at the end. Oh, Same for TikTok go. as well. I've just started posting on there again, uh, me going in shops in my ball gowns. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I keep getting told that I should. So I've ditched Twitter pretty much because I don't think it does any good for me. We're both in kind of, let's call it the visual arts or visual mm-hmm. creation. Um, I'm just kind of slowly getting to grips with Instagram. People are telling me that I need to be on TikTok. Um, I, mm. I don't know. I'm, I'm yeah. going to ask your advice in, it's a in the vi- coming months. I'm not actually not on Twitter that I do have an account, <clears throat> but I really don't use it. I'm not even logged in. And again, I feel like it's just a noisy room. Everybody's shouting in pretty much. TikTok, I would say, is a visual version of that. <laughs> that it's got the videos. It's basically the same thing of the memes, the headlines. I would say it's the same on TikTok. It's very specific though. It's like tailored obviously to you of what you watch. But I would say if you're ready to lose two hours, three hours of your day, download it. But if you're not, don't download it. Don't go there. I have the strength now not to scroll through it, but I probably do that on reels instead on Instagram. Yeah, this is true. It's like those, I mean it's it's like you start at o'clock and then literally like 40 minutes has gone by and you're like what what the hell what the hell happened <laughs> yeah every time every time <laughs> um so yeah so instagram um if you want to check out um uh what harriet's been up to on the charity side of things you can check out a hyphen uk. where else can people find you and also find me it's just like tiktok facebook i do have a page that you can like follow it's like harriet lane um but yeah that's that's it that's all the medias that i have um when people ask me i said you have be real i'm like not another platform to keep up with yeah. i will not be i cannot do that i cannot do that to myself from personal experience the best place to follow you is definitely instagram um so i will put all of your links in the show notes anyway i mean people can just google your first name and you just come up everywhere which again is just so cool perks of the spelling perks of the spelling spelling. we don't ever want that to change (laughs) um have you had fun today i have i've enjoyed sharing my story thank you so much for asking questions as well about it i always enjoy sharing more about pageantry and hopefully persuaded someone or helps understand that we are not mean we actually get on we are pretty much best friends all of us (laughs) exactly thank you so much harriet thank you you lot for joining harriet and i on this episode don't forget tailoring talk is on instagram at tailoring talk podcast you know I love feedback, so do email me at tailoringtalkpodcast.gmail.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review. You can also click the share button in your player to send this episode on to people you know who might get some help or be inspired by Harriet today. If you're enjoying Tailoring Talk and want to support the show, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Roberto Rivera. Have a great week, be good to each other, and I'll see you on the next one. <laughs>